Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Two days in a row with a guest on the podcast, but who could it be? I know what I'm supposed to do here, Dan. No! <laughs> but but my brain's not working for some reason. No! Because the, I, I know, like, the, the, the AI in my brain knows that here's where I yell. But the name's changed. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Forgot about that. So, I, wait, wait, all right, so hold on. I'm going to try something new. Okay. okay? I'm going to try something new. Eat those CNs! <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I was, you know what? I give you full full permission to still yell hoop ballers. I can you. still yell hoop. Well, I won't get my wrist slap or anything like that. Not by me. Okay. Then 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 I'm gonna try this again. Hoop ballers! <laughs> I forgot. I cleared the runway. I totally cleared the deck, and then I forgot and, the I, name. I, the listeners are gonna hear this awkward pause now, and but I'm at least glad I explained it away. But I, yeah, I was thinking like, wait. I, am I supposed to be yelling hoop ballers anymore? Is this? I totally I forgot. One hundred percent, completely forgot that what you yelled had the old name of the company in it. Completely. This is forgot. Josh Millman yelling hoop ballers, a sports ethos <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Fantasy NBA today. I am Dan Basperis. He is Josh Millman, one of my best buddies. One of my Yay! best buddies. Uh, and he yells hoop ballers, but I forgot that that's not the name of the company anymore. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bassbrook. You can follow Josh at Josh Millman. How you doing, man? We got lots of basketball to talk about, but how's life? We haven't talked on a podcast at least in what three months. It's been a long time. I feel like I've been. It's my fault. No, no, not your it fault. Is. It's actually my fault. I, I feel like I'm having a little bit of imposter syndrome this year with fantasy basketball. I just haven't been around as much as I used to be. Life has a habit of using up every single one of those 24 hours in your life, especially with children, as you know. Oh, yeah. So that's what I've been up to, man. Just a lot of stuff. Let's just call it stuff. How about that? Yeah, last two years have been kind of um, unusual. It's a fair assessment. To I know say you the were, least. You yeah. were doing a lot of uh, at-home parenting. I know mm-hmm. I was as well. Still am. Uh, Still am. And like an idiot, I went up from like six fantasy teams to like 13 this year and it has not <gasps> gone it hasn't gone great 13 yeah it's too many although oh i had jonas God. jonas nader was on the show yesterday he has 25 fantasy teams you, you two are drunk yeah he's I, an insane I, person I, i'm at i'm at seven that's still and lot. i thought and i thought that was lunacy yeah, what I've done now is dumb. So here's, and, and I'll actually use this as a uh, a lesson for the listeners too. There was a little bit of a recon element to what I decided to do this year. I wanted to play in different Yahoo Pro Leagues to see what the mm. settings were, to see how competitive the competition was. So I joined a couple of Roto Pro Leagues. I joined a, a head-to-head Pro League. I got invited into another one. Uh, and so all of a sudden, like my plan of adding one or two became like another five additional leagues. And I'm actually like, I'm, I'm a little bit glad. I, I'm also furious with myself for doing it because it's too many day. They're all daily. Every league I'm in, except for 30 deep, the industry one is a daily league, which is too much to monitor. Uh, but I'm glad I did what I did because next year, I think I have a really good feel, not only for how much I can do, but what sort of leagues I want to be in. 
And I have a bunch of rants queued up, by the way, for today. I've been saving rants for the next time I got to talk to you in particular. Oh, I cannot wait for rant, ranting season, baby. If Jonas was the stash master yesterday, you are absolutely the rant master. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, uh, let, let's, that well, yeah, that's going to stick. That's, that is absolutely, if it hasn't already, it definitely will. Uh, <laughs> and one of the rants is that, and Brew has been warning me about this for years. He said, at some point, you're going to be in leagues where everyone uses your list. And it has now happened, where every league that I was in has slowly seen, like, legacy players fall off, and new people that I've added have all been you guys, the listeners. <laughs> so you guys listen to my podcast, and you know everything I'm doing going into draft day, and it's too much work. <laughs> like, I'm so winded trying to win one of these leagues when everybody knows what move I'm going to make that... uh Getting into pro leagues has been kind of fun. I had my own draft board. Nobody else had it. Well, Dan, you need to alter your strategy because if someone's wearing diapers, you need to not draft them anymore. It's, you're, you're giving it. <laughs> no. you're, you've given it. You've given the game away. I have. It was too damn easy. I simplified the game, but the old man squad works. It still works. I know it does. Or but punting just... points also works. Everybody, mm. everybody loves points. I mean, I'm telling you, man, you get out into the into the regular universe. They call them pro leagues, Yahoo Pro Leagues. I guess I should clarify. When I heard it, I was like, oh, is this a league with other pros? No, it's not. It's just the Yahoo, Yahoo Cash League is what it... Maybe they even changed it this year. Uh, and it's just regular folks who don't have 11 other people to play in a fantasy league with. And it's fantastic because they draft for points. They mm. don't have... Anyway, it's not even really a rant. Um, no, but I understand the rant. I mean, you don't want to go in there. It's because you're drafting with, I guess you call it one arm tied behind your back because everyone's knowing the same information that you're going in with. But at the same, I, I see what my approach to that is, is that, you know, like, like you, you try different things, try differently. I'm a few on uh, fan tracks. I've got a home league on CBS. Um, there's the 30 deep feeder that I'm involved in. Oh, how's that going by the way? Oh, I'm, dominating that nice that that's part of the reason why i have like imposter syndrome because i really just haven't been around and i am in first in that by a friggin mile that's fantastic I, I love it you love it. um you might be joining the 30 deep the ranks 30 next deep year squad. yeah that's like, amazing it, it's not even close I, I i can basically just go into default mode the rest of the year and chances are i'll still finish in first i just need to go like nah. 93 and 40. Yeah, that's a that's a round something butt absurd kicking. like that. Uh yeah. for those that are I think most people that are listening are are aware 30 deep is a league that's been around for a long time and it's 30 industry analysts and it's been run by Brewski and Doc for I don't know 20 years, 15 20 years now. Uh and this season added a feeder league where folks like Josh can compete to take the last couple of spots. There's actually going to be teams that drop out of 30 deep if they suck too hard, uh, and you guys get to take their place. King of the Mountain, to be King of the Mountain. Ryan Knaus oh, yeah. is uh, is clobbering actual 30 deep this year. His team is amazing. Uh, and good. we shouldn't be surprised. See, I like that. Yeah, he's good. It's good aspiration. These guys are like, and anyone who's in 30 are basically just, they're made guys in this business. Yep. And, uh -oh. and, so the opportunity to be among that that crowd is just 
for me, it's exciting because and 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 the people who are in the feeder league, these guys are no jokes either. They, they, they've made plenty of the rounds. They, these are up and coming names. We got a lot of guys on our side too. Uh, the Kinger, uh, Srochi, Steve. Uh, you know, it's uh, the competition's fierce, and I, I'm I'm laying the wood on these guys. I'm excited. That a boy. See, so you still got it, even in a down year. You still got it. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's so. my guy. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about the deadline. I wanted to talk mm-hmm. a little bit. I have another rant queued up. I'm sure you've got one locked and loaded at some point. You might even you might not even know you have a rant raring to go, but there's one in there. I know there is. I know there's one in there. It's just I'm sure if we talk about my beloved Brooklyn Nets, you'll get it out of me. So mm, I might save that a little bit. Uh, what do you think about actually the trade deadline? I think this this show could run somewhat in juxtaposition to yesterday's show because Jonas is so good at finding diamonds in the rough of weird guys to watch going into the trade deadline. I I tend to swing a little bit the opposite direction, but I, I love having him on the show because it provides that kind of counterpoint. How do you prep for a trade deadline? How do you do that extra dig and potentially use up a roster slot? I'm kind of an anti-stasher in general, although this close to the trade deadline, I think you can make an exception, we're only eight days out. But, you know, I had somebody in my Twitter mentions yesterday talking about how he's been sitting on Alper and Shengun since draft night. I'm like, dude, that's almost four months ago. That dude hasn't done, what did he have, a week where he had fantasy value? So how do you operate yeah. when it comes to stashing, whether it's trade deadline or just in general? I'm, it depends on the league that I'm in and how many bench spots that I have available, how many IR spots I have available. I tend not to do that on teams where I have very thin benches. So if I only got like three, four spots, I'll try and I really won't stash and I'll just have to try to be reactive the minute any sort of news breaks on Twitter or anything like that. But in, in I've got a couple leagues where uh, I do have a reasonable amount of depth on the bench and just one example like uh, uh jonas valanchunas i saw his name come up and i forget who tweeted it i forget the news article but like you know it's, it, it was just kind of an offhand comment like and if the pelicans decide to trade jonas valanchunas and i'm thinking to myself like wait didn't they sign him like what like now he's all of a sudden in trade rumors and so immediately i picked up jackson hayes because they started him a couple nights ago alongside of Valanchunas. I don't know if this was just, you know, lineup experimentation or if this was just a preparation for the long term. But I said, you know what, let me just keep my eye on these things where I can dabble in in some of these, you know, handcuff situations. Yeah, I'll do that. But I'll only do that if it's like a guy who has a very, very clear role and runway on this team. I think the Indiana guys are kind of case in point and why, you know, and Isaiah Jackson is probably going to be incredibly valuable. But, um, you know, the Jackson Hayes thing was just my recent example for that. So I think you just have to pick your battles depending on the size of your league. Yeah, how do you, sort of a, a corollary to that, how do you isolate what players or teams you're looking at? Are you mostly just, are you watching the news or do you look at teams that are super low in the standings or teams that might be trying to make a run at a, at a you know, winning a, a division or something like that? What's the process behind how you find the names you're looking at? I think it's a combination of I look at news and then I really think of who the strict sellers are. At this point, and this will kind of hopefully segue into our, our latter exercise. But 
Um, I mean, we know who the dregs of the league are at this point. So I kind of I'm waiting to see whose names are going to be most prominent in the rumor mill. But I also try not to, you know, dive into too much of those fringy teams like your Wizards and Knicks that have these kind of convoluted rosters where if they shed someone who isn't a Brad Beal or Julius Randle, that there isn't an obvious solution. If like, if the, for example, if the Wizards trade uh, Daniel Gafford, um, you know, they're still going to split minutes between Trez and, and Thomas Bryant, which is going to be, it's still the same mess you're dealing with, you know, um, whereas if the Knicks were to trade Randle, uh, Obi Toppin is clearly going to step into a, a much larger role. So it really depends. It's a combination of news, but we also know who the, who the sellers are. They're, they're your Orlando Magics. They're your, uh, you know, your Detroit Pistons. You're probably your Sacramento Kings and, and so on and so forth. So I, I, Thunder Rockets. So it's, I try to focus on those teams and know or at least assume that, you know, if I hang on to this one guy and there's a clear path for him, I try not to mess with the, oh, maybe he'll see 20, 25 minutes. It's the same thing you're dealing with now, you know? So that's my general approach to that, that, to this type of upcoming news and how I react to it. Yeah. It's so hard. There's just, there's so many moving pieces and even, Even on a team from, and this is why I tend to to swing a little bit the opposite direction. And I don't want to say I pushed Jonas on it a little bit, but at the end of yesterday's show, I asked him like, which of these guys would you actually move on now? And he was like, I think basically just Isaiah Jackson, because uh, the rest of the names on on Jonas's list, Josh, if you didn't hear it yesterday, uh, he mentioned Willie Hernan Gomez. You mentioned Jackson Hayes, so that's that's generally the same spot in New Orleans. Right. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein for the Clippers, KJ Martin on the Rockets. Thaddeus Young, uh, good good old team Thad. I think he, oh, yeah. I think he just put that one out there to butter me up, and it was I, he definitely well, did that. No, no, yeah. Well executed. Seriously, come on that that that's like Dan Bespris catnip right there. Yeah, he was he was buttering me, and it was well executed by Jonas. By the way, he started with <laughs> he started with that. He's like, I'm starting with this one to get you on my side. And I was like, okay, you you did it, man. That was it was well done. Uh, man did his prep. Man did his prep. Uh, oh, yeah. But it's why I tend, I think, to swing back the opposite direction because it is hard to find a roster spot for those guys. Yeah, I mean, Hernan Gomez, Hartenstein, Hartenstein probably the, the one that's closest of these other names. They all need something to happen on trade deadline morning or leading up to trade deadline morning. As we've seen over the past, I don't know how many seasons now, the thing we expect to happen rarely happens. It's always something else, some weird thing and then, you know, I'm on a live show for four and a half straight hours. And Josh, you'll be joining us on the live oh, yeah. deadline show next Thursday. Uh, so I'm like, I lob a question out to someone that I think is going to take them three or four minutes to answer. So I can go scour my leaks to see what guys are available <laughs> in the middle of the live show. Because these decisions you have to make so fast in the right. moment and then stashing them beforehand there needs to be, I guess it's it's really about an upside thing. Like, which of these guys steps into a large enough, meaty enough role where it's even worth sitting on them, even for eight days, let alone longer than that? So there is that big calculation that goes into it. Uh, and the only ones that jump out are the ones that sort of, 
I think maybe pop up a little bit before that. You mentioned the Wizards, Thomas Bryant and his bad ankle injury that just happened yesterday. Maybe that does clear out a little bit of space. Maybe oh, yeah. that's one where you get, I've been trying to get the term streamers with benefits to catch on, like a friends with benefits <laughs> play, where you pick up a guy like a Gafford now, who had fallen completely out of the rotation, but perhaps he steps in, starts again with Brian out. What if Montrez gets traded and suddenly Gafford stays in a mid-20s minutes role? He was a streamer, but maybe he sticks. That's the type of stuff I would look at pre-deadline. And then Isaiah Jackson is also playing a bunch of minutes right now. These other ones, I have a ton of trouble. And then, Josh, I don't know if you're going through this in your leagues as well. I'm assuming at least a couple of them. I'm like 70 games behind other teams in some of my Roto Leagues. You know, not every team is going to get hit with injuries the same way, but the one that, for me, had 9 out of 15 guys injured for three weeks, I'm not catching up if I'm stashing Willie Hernan Gomez. I need right. to go for someone who's posting top 100 value or even top 125, frankly, right this second. So I think this is kind of a hard needle to thread. Uh, but that's also where you and I, are, you're more the Roto guy than I am. I'm, I'm strictly an H2H guy. So it's, it's I, I don't have to worry about the games cap. Look, Dan, it gets back to, and I, I think my point was control your variables with these things. You know, understanding, you know, who your, what spots you have available on your team. Is it worth me cutting a guy who's going to miss the next, four, five, six weeks and is a fringe top 100 to 125 guy and, and I can, where I can sit on a guy or do I need uh, a certain category or whatever else. It, it's, it's There's a lot of mental gymnastics that goes into the trade deadline, but that's also why I only focus on a handful of teams in a handful of situations. And then I check to see, all right, if is there availability? Can I sit on this guy? What's my record like? You know, can I take a risk if I, you know, sit on a guy, but I lose, uh, you know, rebounding, for example. You know, it's all about, to me, controlling your variables, because like you said, it's going to be chaos. And the amount of names that are in the rumor mill, you know, and and Tom Thibodeau said this is like, you know, uh, you know, you hear 100 rumors and maybe like one materializes at the end of the day. But you have to be prepared prepared for these different scenarios to fall just in case that one will affect your team in some way or mm. shape or form. And the other thing I would add at the end of all of that is next week in particular, although this week I might offer the same general advice, save your roster moves. Save your mm. roster moves. Now, that's not an issue in Roto, uh, but head-to-head, what have you got, four a, a week? Yeah, three or four a week, yeah. Depends if you're, on the league. This is actually a reason, I guess, to stash someone because you could use those moves this week and save all four for trade deadline Thursday next week. So maybe that's the argument to move on somebody a week in advance, I guess. I don't know. That's something. The Uh, other argument is is that the streaming, there's going to be less streaming opportunities at this point. You know, that big COVID wave opened up all of these streaming ops. That was crazy. It was crazy. You could plug and play guys left and right. It was like it was basically like just DFS, but for you know season long fantasy leagues. Yeah, and you know how many people season long leagues were like, "This is terrible. I'm quitting." (laughs) Which actually brings me joy because that means that a lot of people are going to stick with full season forever. Because every year I'm like, "Is this the season that DFS just wipes all of our full season stuff off the map?" 
And there's enough of us old men out there that are just not making the transition. No, but it's it's a good reason just to take it up just for the practice and understanding, oh, okay, that I believe that this guy might blow up. I might as well just plug him into my lineup this week or this day or whatever whatever settings you have in your league. It, it makes sense. And I do it not to try to, you know, gamble hundreds of dollars every day on random lineups, but just to just to see who do I think is going to pop this day and can that person plug, you know, plug in on a streaming basis or someone to keep my eye on uh, on the long term. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at ThriveFantasy.com and the Thrive Fantasy app. Prop up, people, with prop bets at Thrive Fantasy. No longer, no longer must you toil at the deepest corners of the darkest dumpsters in DFS gaming. No longer must you try to figure out if Saban Lee is going to play six minutes in a ball game and take four shots. No longer, no longer must you try to figure out if Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to log more than 19 minutes in a basketball game. No longer must you determine if Matt Thomas is worth playing on the Chicago Bulls. Because at Thrive Fantasy, you only need to focus on the names, the big names, the superstars, the folks you care about. 20 prop bets to choose from. You pick 10 overs and unders. If you get the most points from your selections, you win money in the Thrive Fantasy Tournament du jour. 100% deposit match bonus and multiple free game vouchers with just a $10 deposit using promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S. Head on over there, throw 10 bucks in the account, and you get another 10 on the deposit match, and two $20 contest entry vouchers, $60 of play for $10 of deposit at thrivefantasy.com with promo code ETHOS. Check them out now. They're a fantastic partner. You guys are going to have a lot of fun. I really, I promise you're going to enjoy yourself. It's fun. In my estimation, it's better than traditional DFS. I know that plenty of folks out there love regular DFS. I'm just not one of them. So something different, something special. This is right up my alley. Thrive Fantasy, they've got the app, uh, Apple Store, Android Store, wherever you got to go, or the computer, thrivefantasy.com. That's where my old people like me go to play it. Check it out now. Go to play it. Check it out now. I got a rant for you. Can I, can I... Can I lay a rant? number two. Let's have it. So this is the one that I, I actually teased ever so slightly uh, on yesterday's show. And my rant has to do with getting a pick on the turn in fantasy. And it's just, it's like you, you know, those, those, there are always these movies that talk about how like certain things are determined in, a, in, you can maybe change something little things but the end result always ends up being the same they're they're like time travel type movies and crap like that and i i feel like getting a pick on the turn is basically a bad time travel movie because no matter what you do you're going to end up in the same stupid spot every single year and i'm just mad about it this season because i thought this was the year that that was actually going to change i had this i had this sneaking suspicion i was like look you got jimmy butler going late you got anthony davis going late you got Paul George going kind of late. You got, I thought, Bradley Beal going a little bit late, although that one turns out to just be totally wrong, and now he's hurt also. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden, you got all of these guys hovering in that 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 range going into the season. I thought, this is the year. 
you got actual bona fide value happening on the turn. Guys that are probably going to beat that mark on a per-game basis. And Jimmy Butler, number five per game, but he's only played 33 games. Anthony Davis, number 10 per game, and that's down because of a few games prior to his injury where he was uh, kind of falling off a little bit. He was going near 13, 14, 30 games played. Paul George, he started the year number five, hurt his elbow, and dropped to number 15. But if you go by the, the beginning of the year, he was a top six guy. Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. 26 games played. So you had all these guys at the turn this year that really did actually turn, except Beal, got to take my shot there, who really did turn out to be amazing per-game values, and not one of them could stay healthy this season. I am irate. Because I thought this was the year that folks on the turn were finally going to be able to keep pace with a guy at the top who gets Nikola Jokic, and life is just a damn breeze from start to finish in the Fantasy League. And if even one of those three guys, Butler, AD, or Paul George, could have stayed healthy, I might have an argument that the turn didn't turn out so bad. But I basically combined two out of the four names that I mentioned in almost every league I'm in. I don't know how it happened. I kept getting picks... Uh, 11, 12, I think the league you're, you and I are in together. I was on the turn, if I'm not mistaken. Wasn't I dead last yes, in that you league? Were. You were. Yes, and, you were. And I, Yes, the, we, that was the last time we potted together. We did the, the live... Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the live draft order selection. That's how long it's been. Oh, That's my pathetic. God. That was October. the draft order selection, yeah. Yeah, so everybody got to hear me get last pick, and I was pissed. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. And then Beal and Butler, I think, was who I ended up with on the on the yeah. turn there. And I thought, that you know what, this is okay. Well. This has been, I thought I was pretty excited about that. I got my steals guy with free throws. I got my my scoring guy and Beal. And uh, yeah, Beal's been horrible and Butler's been injured the whole year. And so somehow, even in a year where the guys on the turn appeared to have really nice per game ability, not one, not one of them could actually stay healthy for the damn season. So that is my rant of the day. Why can't the turn just not suck? And the solution, of course, is third round reversal at this point. Uh, It's an easy solution. This is not a rant that doesn't have a, a fix. I'm just annoyed at how many of my 13 leagues I ended up with a pick between 10 and 12 and how the same three guys. And I even tried to mix and match them, Josh. I mixed and matched. Someone I, I went Butler and George. Some I went Jordan and Beal. Some I went Butler and Beal. Or I forget which combo. Someone I went AD and Beal. None. None of it worked out. You just needed to get Jokic. That's how you win a fantasy league this year. And that's pretty damn annoying. And that's my rant of the day. What say you? Do, do, do you feel better? now no i'm still pissed oh you're still all right understood well you first of all you forgot kevin durant in that mix who's now out with the because that happened to me where i now have kevin durant in two leagues one of them being right. uh, raz one of them being raz jam where that is a you know the the season-long roto style eight cat league uh you know another industry league and i picked on the turn and i got kevin durant and bradley beal thinking like oh my god this is heaven yeah how did durant falling to the turn was actually kind of surprising by that oh my god yeah i i i was stunned and i don't know and and again these are people who are either diehards or industry folks and i was stunned that he was there and i chose between beal and and ad and it wouldn't have mattered after and it wouldn't have mattered (laughs) it doesn't matter and, and you know, but the fortunate thing is they already have the third round reversal. And what's keeping me afloat was a gentleman named LaMelo Ball. Right. So 
you know, that, that, and that was such a, you know, again, to your point, that's such a huge help where you're, you're waiting 12 before your next pick versus 24. It makes such a massive difference. Right. You were picking between like LaMelo ball and Rudy Gobert instead of between Christian Wood and, uh, like Drew holiday or something. That's, that's a big, you know, you're getting a bona fide second or first in those two guys, or you're getting someone that has a really good chance to be in the top 25, Versus, like, maybe, maybe you catch a top 50. Maybe it's, maybe you go Christian Wood there and he's outside the top one. Julius Randle outside the top 100. That's a, that's a big, big difference with that third round reversal. So that's my rant of the day. And I don't know. I just been saving. I, I don't up. really blame you. I, I also just think it's crummy luck, but I also think that there's a reason why, to your point, that these guys are available at the turn because you're dealing with, that kind of risk in these players. The reason why Jimmy Butler is available at the turn, despite being number five on a per game basis, because what the dude doesn't play more than 60 games in a regular season. Yeah. You know, and he's always guaranteed to miss time. You know, that Anthony Davis is, is made out of peanut brittle. So he's going to, going to miss time here and there, despite the fact that he has the capability of putting up top three numbers, in a in a not in your typical nine cat. You know what our listeners are yelling right now, right? What are they yelling? Do an auction draft, Dan. I don't have three hours oh. to do a draft though. I do auction drafts. It's like, but again, but for the most part, this is, the reality is is that standard snake drafts are still the predominant. We're playing to the masses, people. We get it. Auctions are good, but you can also play seven to twelve leagues like your buddy Dan and I. <laughs> and then you can do a couple auction leagues mixed in and, and still complain about snake drafts and picking at the end. See, it's the best of every world. I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I'm here with solutions, people. Yeah, I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed by it. No matter what you did at that point, you end up in the same place. That's annoying. Well, it is find, annoying. A, find a way. Jimmy's back. So we'll persevere. Yeah, we'll persevere. Um, Josh, I'm going to talk to you in eight days. That feels really nice to say. It is nice to say. I'm I'm really excited. It's going to be lunacy. Oh, it's I'm be excited nuts. for. I, I will. I'll just cue this up for you folks. Just you know, my just my random ass thoughts going into trade deadline season. I'm not really worried about what the dregs of the league are going to do. I'm more worried about what the kind of fringy teams that may or may not make the playoffs. Those eight, nine, 10, 11 seeds and what they do because there are still plenty of valuable fantasy guys on each of those teams. But if they don't really have realistic shots of contending and they are, they content to hover around that area, those kinds of decisions are going to affect people's fantasy teams. So that's what I'm keeping an eye on. They're very hard to predict, you know, again, your Lakers kind of fall in that category. The Clippers fall into that category. The Knicks, the Wizards, I think the like Pelicans actually. I th- that's the one that I'm looking at is the Pels because we keep hearing rumors that they're buyers, and I do think yeah, that's like, wild. Yeah. It is nuts because we're looking at it from the outside, but that's a team that wants to make the playoffs at all yeah. costs. They want to be I mean, relevant, I, and I get that. I, I get it from yeah, that perspective. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they can also, they don't have to buy. They could probably fix Zion Williamson's foot, and then it's a whole different ball game altogether. Right. You know that that would be helpful. Like probably manage your superstars' f- 
foot condition and what whatever's going on there and maybe get you know figure out how to get him on the court and they're like a 500 team when brandon ingram is healthy like they're not horrible they're not good but they're not horrible when ingram's on the floor they're terrible when he's out truly no i know that and that's a team that'll give you good effort most nights and uh you know i know i know that that they're they're a young team they want to compete they want to win it's just yeah they got to get their health in order and they've got some straight pieces here and there that they got to figure out herb jones is obviously the love of everyone's life you know on at least on the fantasy side and just that uh that random discovery and pickup that he is and um, you know, the Timberwolves kind of fall in that category. They're, they're number seven right now, but you know they're going for it. Those guys mm-hmm. want to be in the playoffs. So I would imagine that they might make some sort of wildly aggressive move just to solidify their position and get, get in there, see if they can't, you know, leapfrog either the Mavs or the Nuggets or what have you. Get get a, get out of the play-in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yep. I, I would buy, I'd buy that. So, but again, I, I'm just it's, – it's – Focus on the obvious for your fantasy teams, but then worry about like those fringe guys for and, and get excited about the trade deadline show. Yep. And as we re- react to Twitter and in, in, in live streaming format and, you know, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. There will be Woj's, there will be Shams's, and there will be yells on the NBA. Oh the hoop. Not hoop ball. I'm going to call it hoop ball because you're on today. <laughs> on the sports hoop ethos. Yeah, on the sports ethos. Fantasy. Uh, trade deadline live show that's next thursday mr josh millman my man i'll talk to you in eight days i can't wait buddy i'm glad to be back later dude damn it i love a nice day with josh i know we get sidetracked a little bit i hope you guys enjoy sort of the our meandering look at the nba trade deadline Mm. love that guy gotta get more josh on the podcast uh he is of course at Josh Millman, M-I-L-L-M-A-N, on Twitter, longtime hoop baller and now sports ethoser. You may know him. Subscribers uh, definitely know him. He writes the old man report, high mileage report, in the hoop ball, now sports ethos draft guide. Generally the welcome letter as well. He's, he's been with us for a very long time uh, and just a really, really, really smart dude. When it comes to life and fantasy. Hey, before we jump on to the next one, wanted to remind you guys about our partnership with the great folks over at manscaped.com. Use promo code ETHOS20 to get 20% off and free shipping on whatever you get at manscaped.com. The best in men's grooming. Two free gifts, actually, if you shop there right now. Two free gifts. Boxers, a toiletry bag, with your purchase of the Performance or Perfect Package 4.0, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0 and other delightful accoutrements. The Weed Whacker, that's for ear and nose hair. The Crop Preserver, that's a deodorant, a toner, and a shaving mat. All comes in the Performance Package 4.0. That's 120 bucks minus 20%. So you knock $24 off of that guy. And the perfect package 4.0 is just 100 bucks. That's the lawnmower 4.0. Uh, it has the deodorant, the toner, and the shaving mat. It does not include the ear and nose hair trimmer. But you could get that for 80 with our coupon code. And again, right now, you get the bonus boxers and toiletry bag at manscaped.com with promo code ETHOS20. If you don't want to go whole hog, yeah, I know, I know. I probably should have rethought that. 
But if you don't want to do that, you can get smaller things. You can get the Lawnmower 4.0 by itself, the Lawnmower 3.0 by itself, which, by the way, I'm actually a massive fan of the Lawnmower 3.0. The Plow, that's a single blade razor. The Shaver, that's a three blade razor with the, the lubrication strip. The Weed Whacker, we already told you about that. Shears, that's a luxury nail kit. Repla- replacement blades for any of this stuff. Deodorant, we've talked about. Boxers, T-shirt. Want to wear a Manscaped T-shirt? Hell yeah, you do. I got one. Wear it around the house. Chapstick, lip balm. They got it all. At manscaped.com, use promo code ethos20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order. It's good stuff, people. Please just go check it out. Tell them Dan sent you. They won't care. Uh, Quickly here, I want to zip through the Tuesday recap because that is still part of the mess. New Orleans beat Detroit on the road. Brandon Ingram back and played well he got ejected for sort of a dumb technical foul you don't have to worry about any uh, after effects of that we talked about Jackson Hayes a little bit with Josh and he started and played 26 minutes the line wasn't as impressive usage obviously taking a big hit Ingram back and that's the story for a lot of these guys I still like Jackson Hayes as a what if kind of guy just like Josh does I don't know if he starts when Josh Hart comes back I'm guessing he doesn't But if there's a plan here to get Hayes 25-ish minutes going forward, that's a difference maker. And Devontae Graham goes back to being mostly fantasy irrelevant, again, because of Brandon Ingram. On the Detroit side, Cade Cunningham hurt his hip. He finished the game watching from the bench, but he didn't really finish the game, as evidenced by the 21 minutes. So we'll see how that shakes out going forward. But the bigger story is Jeremy Grant back, played 29 minutes. Kelly Olenek back, played 17 if you held Olenek this far, and, and again, this is why I talked on a, a recent podcast about how I'd become much more bearish on Olenek, but I was still holding mostly because I had become invested in him to some degree. My hope with Kelly was that he'd be back by like Christmas uh, and he'd have a month before Jeremy Grant got back. But then Olenek came back, looked really good, went into protocols, and Grant caught up with him. Now... Again, eight days from the deadline, Josh, again, reminding us, sort of focus on key stuff. We know Jeremy Grant is very much on the trade block, and if he gets moved, a lot of those minutes go to Olenek. Things are complicated right now. Trey Lyles is playing more than he did before. Isaiah Stewart played 29 minutes in this game. He's been mostly annoying to roster, as we've talked about plenty of times. But they're just they're like four big men right now. Between If you count Grant, Olenek, Lyles, Stewart, all these guys sort of battling it out for the same minutes, you need to get one of those guys, particularly Grant, out of the way because he's the big minute dude in that in that bunch. And then Olenek can see a few minutes at center, potentially. If Lyles gets moved or shut down, if Stewart get, if anybody gets hurt, that opens up a big window. As it stands right now, there might not be enough for Olenek. Right now. Like, if nobody gets traded eight days from now, you might be dropping Kelly. But we've now come this far. We're this close to the trade deadline. You kind of just need to stick it out. Milwaukee beat Washington. Grayson Allen's actually been pretty good lately. I, I don't. I, recommending a pickup there is a little bit far, I think, for me. Uh, if you need a couple of threes and a steal, I guess that's fine. Makes more sense in a schedule stream scenario, but he's been sort of reliably productive lately in that role. On the Washington side, already mentioned with Josh, Thomas Bryant hurt his ankle, and it sounds like it was not a good one, so he's probably out for a couple of weeks. Does this move Daniel Gafford back into the starting job? And if so, is he now going to play 20 minutes again? Is he going to get up around 20? Montrez Harrell covering some most of the bench minutes there at center. You might see some Davis Bertans once in a blue moon. 
Rui Hachimura can play some small ball center, whatever it might be. So Daniel Gafford, probably an ad after yesterday's game, and you're probably not going to be fighting with that many people to do it, mostly because he's been doing so little and didn't do much in this ball game, even after Bryant went down, whatever it was, midway through the third, no, early in the fourth quarter. But I think Gafford's a really interesting ad out of yesterday's game. Kuzma's ramped back up, and you keep taking centers away, that's only going to help him. But yeah, absolutely, Gafford's a very interesting one. Toronto ran their starters into the ground again in this ballgame. I don't know how long this can last. The answer is not forever. Gary Trent, red hot. But for the moment, you pretty much can only start the Raptors' starters. Even our guy Chris Boucher has been scaled back to 18 minutes of kind of low usage. That defeats the purpose with him. I personally think he's back at some point. I cannot imagine that Barnes, Ananobi, Siakam, Trent, Van Fleet, these guys can't play those many minutes every single ball game without getting hurt. And when someone goes down, Boucher steps right into an extra five to eight minutes per ball game. Or maybe Toronto just tries not to play their starters 38 minutes a game or 40 minutes a game. Like Gary Trent playing 41 minutes. I know he's been super hot, so they want to keep him in the lineup. But good God. Miami, Butler was back. He was just taking a rest day. Adebayo had a really nice ball game as well. Uh, P.J. Tucker actually is sniffing fantasy value these days. I keep, I've been pretty reticent about it, but I think you can almost, yeah, you could probably take a shot on P.J. Just, you know, understand that there is a, a punt points element to it. He's been getting a few more shots than he's used to. This is not like P.J. Tucker's small ball center because he's not getting the rebounds there, but he is getting the steals, and he's going to take those corner threes, and he's just out there long enough right now. That's the deal. So I like P.J. also. Probably Gafford more, but P.J. too. No big notes in the Orlando-Chicago game, other than, again, Mo Bamba just not closing ball games right now. Chumo Kiki is seeing more time late. Gary Harris is seeing more time off the bench. You're not dropping Mo, but his arrow's pointed the wrong way. And with Okiki, he's gone crazy in the defensive stats. We talked about it, I think, two days ago on the show. He's a, he's in a go right now. While this is happening, I don't know if it's going to keep up forever. It's hard to do that much defensively every single ball game, but he's doing it now. Ayo Desunmu, crushing it. 13 points, three threes, nine assists. Really nice ball game on the other side as well. People that are impatient with Jalen Suggs have every right to be. He's going to be an efficiency disaster. He has been and will continue to be a guy in head-to-head you're sitting on and hoping that he gets better as the season goes. Not a Roto guy. You cannot be using that stuff. Does more damage than, than he helps. Minnesota blew out Denver. Patrick Beverly's back. He was in foul trouble, but still had a good line in only 15 minutes, so he's an ad. And now you can go back to... Not quite. I was going to say start the starters, uh, but D'Angelo Russell isn't back yet. So not quite start the starters. No, you're not worried about Tarian Prince's big ball game. And if you're looking at the Nuggets, it's just another example of why you really kind of can't trust anybody besides Nikola Jokic and sort of Will Barton. All these other guys bounce in and out of actually doing stuff. Zombie Warriors beat the Spurs. San Antonio might want to consider selling. Jonas was talking about Thad Young yesterday. They got to do something. It's time to go. It's time to throw in the towel, Spurs. I know you're not that far out of a playoff spot, but if you can't beat the Zombie Warriors, it's just not happening for you. Uh, Jakob Pertl got whacked in the face. He left early, but nobody cared because, you know, Drew Eubanks started the second half and really didn't do anything with his time anyway. Um, 
does this does folks being out does it help Devin Vassell? You know, we hope so, but the answer is probably not. And so you're probably just Dejounte Murray and Derek White until Pirtle comes back, which might even be the next ball game. And finally, Brooklyn at Phoenix. Phoenix got their guys back. Cam Johnson moves back to the bench. He actually had a good ball game, but uh, I don't think he's startable anymore. Jay Crowder took his spot. He's also not startable. DeAndre Ayton moved back in. Biombo and JaVale McGee now back to being mostly irrelevant. And Mikael Bridges is on a really nice run right now. We've kind of been waiting the whole year for this spurt, and he's on it. Chris Paul is on one, too. My goodness. CP3 back up to number 14 on a per-game basis, number three by totals. What a season for Chris Paul again. Thought Nick Claxton would have a better ball game. I'll be honest there. Six points, three boards, missed his free throws. I'm going to stick with Claxton a little bit longer. LaMarcus Aldridge is out at least a week. My guess would be even farther than that down the line. And you're not going to see Blake Griffin play this many minutes off the bench every ball game. Generally, I would expect more of a Claxton 25, Griffin 18 kind of split but they had to flip it the other way because Claxton just wasn't working against the Suns. Phoenix too damn clever, uh, but Nick is the more interesting fantasy player there. And he's the one that can kind of uh, survive home or road games. His, his results are not so Kyrie dependent as someone like, a say, Patty Mills, who we talked about. You can't really start him when Kyrie's playing, so road games. Brooklyn's got a couple of easier ones coming up. We'll see if that helps Claxton get uh, get back on track. And there you go. That's your Wednesday show. Big thank you, as always, to our good friend Josh Millman. He's someone that I met through fantasy, and we just became really good buddies. We need to pod more. And we're also living at opposite ends of the country. That makes it tougher. Uh, go follow Josh at Josh Millman. I am at Dan Bespris. Shout out to all of our amazing partners here on Fantasy NBA Today. And, of course, we'll be back with you tomorrow, Thursday's show. Um, Got some scheduling to work out. We might have a guest on tomorrow's show. We'll see. Surprise you if we do. Fantasy NBA Today, of course, is a sports ethos presentation, even if we said the name Hoopball a bunch of times today. Uh, Ethos Fantasy BK, the single greatest fantasy news feed on planet Earth. Please go check them out. Follow them immediately. You are falling behind, people, if you are not following Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Again, I'm at Dan Vespers. He is at Josh Millman. Have a marvelous Wednesday. Talk to you Thursday. So long, buddy.